Hey, Void listeners. Unfortunately, this week's podcast was interrupted by our audio board actually going out on us mid-podcast. Fortunately, we were recording audio through the camera we were using, so we were able to still actually have audio. It's not as great. We apologize for that. We ask that you guys bear with us through this podcast. Going forward through here, we will have it fixed and great sounding audio as we always try to bring you the best video, the best audio, and the best content. Stick with us here. We'll have it fixed. Thank you guys for watching, and as always, enjoy the show. You want to start the podcast? That's right. I'll start the podcast. Well, we can. Yeah. We'll, we'll, you want to talk about the thing? We'll just do that story right in the gate. Yeah. So, are we going to go with the off the cuff stuff again? Oh well, yeah. Okay. Do you want to just start, or do you want to have an intro? Well, I'll start. You introed last time. But you want to intro today? I'll go off we, the cuff. We'll just do this. Yeah. Every week we'll change. Sure. That's fine. Uh, okay. I like it. Dude. I like that we have a plan. <laughs> and we're up, right? Hey, everybody! <laughs> They're going to be like, "Awesome, you good this time?" Welcome to the podcast. Right. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to helping your trades-based business people do better in business or even start your business. We are still doing our off-the-cuff, non-scripted intros. So essentially, if you're in the trades and you want to start your own business or you have your own business, you're in the right spot uh, because all we do is talk about the trades and how to do better. So um, I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, buddy. Dave, buddy. Oh, man. Oh, we, man. I don't understand. We talk about all this weird stuff before the show. Yeah. And then we don't ever, like, record it or do anything, and then we start, and we're like, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. We, well, we, so... You went to the store today. Yeah, so I... And some crazy old man was throwing eggs at you. I, no, no. Okay. It involves a crazy old man and eggs, so I... <laughs> It sounds like a VeggieTales story. <laughs> I'm at the store yesterday getting stuff for, for both the tailgate for the Chiefs game and then for our breakfast that we do for our guys. Oh, did Wednesday. you tailgate yesterday? Yeah. Oh. It was, okay. it was cold and wet. Dude. So It was brutal yesterday. It was blust. Like, when there's a definition of blustery day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was a blustery day. Yep. I went hunting this morning. Dude, it wasn't raining, but it was like windy and cold. I was like, man, fuck this. Yeah, like, I got money. I can get a steak. Dude, it's just, yeah. Yeah, just go in the house. Right. <laughs> yeah, so um, I I got like a little route. You know, everyone has kind of a little path that they do. And so I get to the last stop, and it's eggs and hash browns. And they're in the same little... Do you get price sharper? Yeah. Do you go to the one on 7 Highway? Yep. Okay. I know so they're in, the, they're in the same drawer yeah. or the same freezer same door fridge. or whatever, right? Yeah. And there's an old man there, and he's getting some eggs, and so I'm just sitting there patiently. Patiently waiting. The guy's like not moving and not moving, and I'm like, "What the heck?" So I kind of having a stroke. Shit. No, I, I kind of look over his shoulder, and he's taking. He's he's got two twelve packs oh. of eggs, and he's taking extra large eggs and putting them in his large container, oh and he's plopping <laughs> them out. And, and, and so I said, do you mind if I just reach in? Because I realize he's, I mean, he's old. He's moving real slow. Yeah. Like, he's probably dropping a couple of them. He's just, you know. <laughs> like, he's trying to save 10 cents. I, I don't know I, the price difference between the two, but I, I said, do you mind if I grab some eggs here real quick? He goes, yeah, I'm going to be a minute, and I don't move as good as I used to. And I'm like, they're fine. I just got to grab some eggs. And he goes, I swapped these out because they get you. That's how they get you. Right? <laughs> the, the classic, the classic line, and that's how they get you. And I'm like, technically, you're stealing. Like, I mean, I'm not going to turn you in, but this is a like, this is a new crime that I've I've never heard of before. Dude, I'd have been like, hey man, 
mad props, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's that's a whole nother level of and, paranoia. And he's hold, the reason it's taking him so long is because he's holding one next to the other and, and like, making sure that it is bigger and then swapping it. And I'm like, wow. Dude, like if you're that's that crazy, like dude, just buy a couple chickens. They're cheap. <laughs> you can get a baby chicken at Feldman's for four ninety nine. Yeah, nothing says economical like spending twelve hundred dollars on a chicken coop, buying a couple of chickens and chicken feed, so you can save six dollars on eggs. First, first off, <laughs> first off, you don't have to spend twelve hundred dollars. You can. I'm just saying. You can just get an old doghouse and like just have some chicken. Like you don't have to go class. Yeah. I wish my just, town home would allow chickens. That would be sweet, awesome. I think they're outside, but they don't. I think in Grand Valley you can have them. Nah, um, according to our lease, we can't have anything other than a cat or a dog. Uh, time to buy your own place, buddy. Yep. You know what? You can buy step. chickens and keep them at my house. Yeah. Again, and nothing. I will only require half of. Nothing them says economical like taking on a mortgage so that you can buy chickens. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is freshness. I know. And. God, you no, know, you're just a very I, I get you it. Know what I've noticed no, since so, you've started the seventy-five hard again, you're kind of on the edge all the time. Like you're, like, yeah. I can't tell if it's just your mood's a little worse. Danielle was, Danielle was uh, talking. Of, she, she was talking shit on you last week. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you're, you're definitely way more calmer than last podcast. Oh uh, yeah, I was a little amped up last week. No, Danielle was talking was about her old <laughs> her old Color Street days. So she used to sling Color Street nails, which is like a like a sticker yeah. it's it's actual nail polish that's adhesive and they put it on these little plastic strips and you peel it off the strips and you put it on your fingers and it like it yeah. adheres to your fingers yeah, right I know what you're talking about and it's yeah. it's it's like Extra a white trash money Got multi-level it. marketing thing it's a pyramid scheme. pyramid scheme yeah right? and yeah. you get people underneath you and you have your upline yeah. and your downline it's a fucking pyramid yeah. i haven't talked yeah. to you since high school but i just wanted to reach out to you <laughs> yeah yeah do you want to sell nails under me and and so, uh, yeah, exactly. that, I mean, it's how it works, right? Yeah. And so we were talking about all the vendor events that she would have to sign up for and pay for and pack everything up and go set up a booth. And you're literally and, working for free. And like you're, you're up until the point where the event starts, you're making nothing. Yeah. Like you spent a boatload of money. Yeah. And then the event starts and it's like, well, I sold 14 sets of nails. Well, you make like $3 a set. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Yeah. So, so it costs you $180. So you made 50 bucks today <laughs> and you spent $85 for the booth yeah. and you spent 24 hours of your time. Yeah, like didn't make fifty, <laughs> lost thirty five, and, and a piece of your soul. So I was giving her shit about all of that, and like remember all the motion you went through for all that stuff. And she was like, "I never did that to make money. I just did that because it was fun, and I got to hang out with my girlfriends and all this stuff." And, and, and me, are you like the whole time you're thinking in your brain, man? She kept telling me she was gonna make all this money. No, no, she <laughs> never, she never promised it would make money or anything else. I mean, she did enjoy it. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking. I would never do something like that with that much motion that involves selling a product to not make money. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'll do, I'll go hunting. I'll do all like, I'll do things that don't produce revenue for a hobby, but I'm not going to do something that involves sales and not expect it to make money. Like, that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even for me, like my hobbies, like my personal YouTube channel, I'll do a hobby, but I'm like, I'm still thinking like, how can I, you know, might as well. 
I, I yeah. find a piece of content, I turn it into something that can make money, and then yeah, paid, I'm still able to enjoy it. Paid hobbies are nice, right? Yeah, I'm 834 <laughs> subs now. Never been. There I, you go. Never had a hobby that paid me money. Never had a hobby that paid me money. See, I'm going to get monetized. Like I'm thinking hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm thinking hard. Never had one. I shouldn't say that. Woodworking didn't cost me money. Like, I made money doing that. Yeah. But that wasn't really... That's a weird place for me. Because I did that because I liked doing it. And it was right. a good break. And I made like, some money. But it wasn't like... Like, I never thought, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make... That's not true. I did think I was going to do it and make, like, at least a little bit of a living. Right. Woodworking is a hard thing to get into. You, you, can't, you just can't. You got to be a cabinet maker plus, yeah. or something like that, because you just can't make money doing it. I used to vinyl wrap cars, right? They would want a black roof on their car, so I'd vinyl wrap. Did you black. really? Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. learn something new about Mitch today. Yeah, I'd have people drop off their car for two or three weeks, and I'd change the whole color. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And um, I would. I wasn't pricing. I, I no charged. Idea, man. I charged a dude like a thousand dollars plus materials to vinyl wrap his whole car, and that's like a four thousand dollar job, right? Um, plus materials, and I'm doing it for a fraction of it. Like a, you know, it was a, it was like a paid hobby. But then I started putting the pen to the paper and looking at how much time I'm investing in it versus mm-hmm. how much I'm making, and I'm like, this is dumb. You know. And yeah, and the market won't bear like 150 bucks to vinyl wrap your roof. That's about as much as the market's going to bear, but. It takes you a good three or four hours to vinyl wrap a roof correctly, right? So you're going to make 150 bucks in three or four hours. It's a hard job. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's tedious and requires patience. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, like, it's, yeah. I'd never be able to do it because I'd be like, let's get it done. And there'd yeah. be 75 bubbles on it. Like, there's no way I could do it. No, that's I why. Don't I, have, that's and, why I, and I'm a patient person. But yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, I'm out. The, the material is actually pretty impressive because the material will release the bubbles right through the center of it if you know how to work it. You don't have to, like, push all the bubbles to the edge. Oh really? So yeah, it's 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 got an air release in it that lets the air let's air out but not permeate in. in. Mm. Yeah, like a studer vent. Kind of. Mm, yeah. Amigo. Only one on one bitches for actually studer vents let air in and not out. Damn it! But oh, fuck! Yeah. That was so one, close. One one directional air movement. But anyway, um, yeah. So I did that for a while, and then I started. I'm like 150 bucks a pop. This is dumb. Let's do whole cars. So I started doing whole cars for a thousand bucks a pop, and realized. I was probably making more money at 150 a pop because, like, when you do a whole yeah. car, you got to take out the headlights, you got to take out the tail lights, you got to yeah, debadge you, the car. You have to wrap that like under the lip. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you like, want to do my truck? It's no. <laughs> um, but that's why I do all of the vans in our fleet is because I have the knowledge. I mildly enjoy it. I mean, it's well, it's like a mindless activity that allows you to focus on something else that's and, not like there, in your brain, right? There is a therapeutic aspect of yeah. it too, right? Yeah, it's like the rich guy that sweeps the floor in the shop yeah because it just like allows him a mental break yeah and lets him kind of stay in touch with reality right same thing yeah that's and and so you know i do all that but like i graduated out of that and i'm like how about i start letting my money make money and so i started buying cars and flipping cars yeah i'm like i'll I'll take a thousand dollars and go buy a car and then i'll do a little bit of work to it and then go flip it for two or three thousand bucks yeah. And so I did that until the state told me you can't do this anymore because you don't What's have to deal the with this. Is it 12? Uh, six. Six a year? Six a year in Missouri. I think it used to be 12. So we did eight and they told me to stop. And so I did two What's more. What's the dealer's license? What's that take? It's a lot. Is it? Yeah. They cracked down on it pretty hard. So you have to have a physical storefront provable by photos, oh, names, shit. addresses, everything. That sucks. Yeah. So, um, 
fucking it might be different. State, man. Well, it might be different now that everything's so remote and work from home and internet based. They, they, that might be different now. Wow, you'd have a little extra. Well, and I mean, like, who was it? Uh, some auto manufacturer just this last week is going to start selling their cars on Amazon. It's like Hyundai or something like that. They're they're working to get rid of the dealership model, and they're you can like order a car on Amazon. Ford. Really? Yeah, Ford is transitioning to vinyl-wrapped cars at the dealer. So they can make fewer cars all in white, and then you just pick whatever color you want it, and the dealer will make it that color when it shows up there. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Because if you, like, like you sell the car, and a guy's like, I only want a red one. Yeah. Like, okay, you just make you're it this often. Put red on it. Right. Like, you know. Right. It, I it, will say, like... Like, for new cars that are just utilitarian, that you're just driving around and stuff, that makes a lot of sense. Like, classic cars, yeah, really you're not, nice trucks, yep. things that are more high-end, you're not doing that, because there's not... Well, believe it or not, classic cars are incredibly hard to wrap, because they're square. Squared edges that don't roll and curve yeah, are they, really tough to wrap. Yeah, so. it's called real metal. It's kind of... Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, I read a thing the other day that was talking about, not to completely change subjects, but um, they were talking about EVs and stuff and that people are just not buying them, and that there's about to be a huge, <clears throat> like, price reduction. Right. Because, like, Ford, like, dealerships are like, no, we're not taking those. They're just rejecting orders. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are realizing, one, it's not cost-effective to buy it. Two, it's insanely um, difficult to prep for long trips. You know that yep. better than anyone. Yep. Um, the panels, body panels on a lot of them are not recyclable anymore because they're making them out of a different material, so they're lighter. And the batteries aren't recyclable. You know, people are like, oh, I want an EV because it's like it's helping the planet. Well, you got to dig a reverse mountain in the earth to get enough stuff to make the battery. And so it's like, you know, all of these things are happening. People are like, well, I guess we're just not going to sell them. So I might be getting a lightning because they're going to be a nickel yeah. here in like three months. Well, they... Uh... Yeah, I mean, Ford just dropped it. So a lot of the pricing has to do with the rebates and everything else. The federal government had a $7,500 rebate on them, and then the government, like, stopped yeah. that. And so now that the government stopped that, yeah, people quit. Like, it's weird. It's like Morgan. It's like interest rates. Yeah, same thing. Um, yeah, you're 100% right. Interest rates go up, and everybody stops buying houses, right? Yeah. And, and it, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's like we're talking an $80,000 car, right? And... and mm. I mean, I know this matters. Like, I don't want to act like it doesn't matter. But if a $7,500 rebate was the make or break decision of you spending 80000 on a pickup truck, you probably really didn't want it. Do you know what I mean? You're right. But it's like, you're at the... So you're thinking about buying one, right? And you're like, oh man, I've got to, I've got to get the electrical installed. And I'm talking about the, oh, yeah. the perspective of people that aren't like us. Like, yeah. Me and you can do our own electrical and get it installed. Well, and, and mine's different, too, because like I'm using it for the purpose of business. And, yeah. and that's a But those people are like, okay, so I have to pay money for that. Right. And I have to charge it. And if we go on long trips, I can't use it. And they're on the teetering edge of whether or not to get it. And then they're like, the government's like, oh, here's $7,500. Okay, well, that tipped the scales for the people that were on the edge. Right. That's kind of how I think of that. Yeah. But the people that aren't on the edge, that doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Right. You got you got people that are so against them. What's it what's really funny? I mean, uh, you you got people that are so against EVs, but they won't admit I just don't like them. So they come up with all these things, right? 
the yeah. range isn't long. Like they come up with all these conditions as if they would buy them if these conditions were met, right? Yeah. And I saw a screenshot. I'm on a couple of like Ford Lightning groups just so I can stay apprised as to issues that people are yeah. running into and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh shit, my truck's doing this. You go on the group and they're like, oh yeah, this has been happening. Yeah. You take it and you get it fixed. Yeah. 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 Pretty common or you, you know whatever. <clears throat> and so. Um, Somebody shared a, like a screenshot of an internet conversation where some guy was like busting his chops for driving an electric truck. And the guy said, for me to drive that truck, it would have to have a 2,000 mile range because that's what I drive every day. That's a lot of miles. Well, do the fast math. 75 miles an hour in 2,000 miles. It would take you like 26 or 28 hours. Oh, no stops. Full of shit. Yeah. Gotcha. But but he's he's one of those like, guys. I thought about that, but I thought, ah, I don't want to be the douche that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. maybe in Montana. Maybe. Yeah. Right? But it's it's like, don't lie to yourself and don't lie to other. Like, just say you don't like them. You know? I don't like Dodge trucks. Cool. I don't have to come up with, like, this condition yeah. that, like, oh, if Dodge did this, I'd buy it. Right? Yeah. I just don't like. Now, it's changing. My neighbor was showing me his Dodge the other day. and it, it, Like, Dodge forever. Like, a five-year-old Dodge looks like shit. Because the paint is just awful. They're, right. Like, yeah, go, go show me a Dodge those. Charger that's five years old and still looks good. Yeah. You know? Well, I, you know, and it's weird. It's like, the one thing that was keeping Dodge trucks rolling was the Cummins. Like, the Cummins diesel motor. That's There are trucks out there with, like, two million miles on them. Yeah. Those fuckers are still rolling. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. like, that's how they kind of kept their foothold in the ground. Right. But yeah, you're right. They've kind of made this look. The thing about Dodge is, is the, um, the side panel... Um, boxes in their yeah. bed. Yeah. Dude. I saw that's one cool. the other day. Dude. That's when I was checking out on my neighbors. They are awesome. In the, yeah. And they're the, patented. So they're, you're the, that's the only truck. Like, I almost bought a Dodge. I was like, yeah. dude, how cool. And, and that's useless. room in there. There's, that's useless space in a truck, too. Yeah. Like, 100%. It's awesome. The, um, the other thing I like about it is their tailgate. Oh, the one that opens this way? It opens both ways. Yeah. So, so if you just want to reach in, saying, like if you open, you can open like a car door. It's so like a 60, step. 40 split. And so it gets you closer so, to the bumper. So you can actually reach the stuff in the bed. Yeah. It's awesome. Like yeah. that's ingenious. Yeah. I can't Super wait smart. till the patents run out. And then every truck has that. Right. I don't know. What is that? What, what's a patent run out? 10 years? I don't know. 20 years? No clue. I can't remember. But like, like it's so wild on the EV thing. You know, Ford, like take Ford Transits, for example. They have a diesel option. They got a six-cylinder option. They got a turbocharged six-cylinder option. And... And still no good and then the e, for a good tires. And then the e-transit. Okay? So they got four yeah. power plants, right? Where's the, your e-transit? It's in our shop. It's the one that's sitting. Yeah. No. No, it gets driven. No, the day. guys... But it's parked at the shop to be plugged in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, before the e-transit... Ford had all those those other free options, diesel and then two gas options, right? Yeah. And and people would pick whatever option they want or wanted, and they were silent about the other two. No big deal, right? Yeah. But now Ford comes out with the e-transit, and people are like, that's the biggest ways to think, because the e-transit only has a 110-mile range. Um, and so everyone's like, "Yeah, that's the biggest way. Like, how fucking stupid is that? Oh, my God, I can't believe any idiot's going to buy that. And everything. It's like, wait, hold on. You didn't take such a crazy strong stance when you bought a gas versus yeah. a diesel, right? Like, People just... It's so wild how the EV thing, like, cues them up to get all charged up. It's and, because they just don't want... I don't know how to say it. Mainly it's because people are insane. Like, that's, that's literally what it is. Like, people need drama to move them 
Yeah. And they just like need something to grasp onto and it's like it's political and it's all this other stuff. Yeah. Um like not to move away from your point, but have you seen like so Corvette makes what they're calling an E Ray? Yeah. We I've talked about it on the show yeah. before. So it's electric motors and then a supercharged V six, yep. mid engine V six. Like you can't get them. They're not out yet. But dude. Yeah. Are you fucking on paper kidding? it looks pretty badass. Ferrari makes I think theirs is called I think I don't remember if theirs is a hybrid or all electric, but it's an SF ninety. That's electric. Yeah. Like, dude, the issue, uh, the issue I have with EVs is the technology isn't quite there yet. Like the motors are there. I think the technology's the battery, there. I think it's the infrastructure. Is the bad. Well, the battery reliability, for as far as you know, weight issues are concerned and how much, how big the battery has to be Mm -hmm. versus, you know, how big we want it to be. Yeah. You know, like all of that stuff is not where we'd like it. So it feels like it's rushed, I think. Right. And a lot of that stuff can't be recycled. Like they need to figure out a way to do that. Like that's the stuff I don't like about it. The issue is you have to go through those growing pains to get to the good stuff. Absolutely. So... Stop bitching and moaning. Right. Like, let the people that want to spend their money on it spend their money because they're doing product development for you. Yeah. Like, so when I buy my E-Ray and I'm smoking all your asses in it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We have to... We have to have product development and we have to have, like, gradual learning and, and you know, progression. But that takes time and money. Right. So that's, I like, mean, that's part of why part I bought it, right? Yeah, that's so I like, bought I'm it. I'm not going to do it, but if people want to do it, let them do it and quit being a fucking weirdo about it. Right. Like when I got into the e-transit thing. Like what the fuck? I didn't, man? I mean, I was so neutral on the whole. Who cares? Like I've never, I've never gone and bought another car and considered its impact on the environment. Right. If I wanted a fast Mustang, I'd buy a fast Mustang. If I wanted to hollow the cats out, I'd hollow the cats out. Like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah, like, I didn't... So, my truck's, like, it's got the 6.2 in it, right? Right. So, it's a 6.2 LT. Yeah. It gets... It's, like, 450 horsepower. It's 500 foot-pounds of torque. It gets eight miles to the gallon. I didn't give a fuck. I right. wanted it to go fast. I wanted it to do what I wanted it to do. Right. And I wanted it to be nice and comfortable. And it's, it's all those things. I didn't care. Right. You and, know? Like, and you're, so just, the, like you're saying. The labels that you get with the EV thing, are, oh, you, you must be trying to save the planet. And it's like, no, I, I wasn't trying to save the planet when I bought my wife's Ford Fusion that was economical. Yeah. I wasn't trying to save the planet when I bought a 2015 Mustang and tuned it to suck more fuel and took the cats out of it. And it stunk when you drove it because <laughs> it had no cats. and. You know, I wasn't. They do stink. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the planet when I built that turbo four cylinder Mustang. Like, yeah, I I do that stuff because I enjoyed it. Yeah, right. And I, I, I was trying shit out. I'd be like, dude, what the fuck do you care? Right. Like, don't you have problems? Right. Like, I know you can barely afford your house payment, and that your wife hates you, and that your job sucks. Like. Don't put all your anger on me yeah. because you're fucking in a bad, like, yeah. get your own problems. I know you got, like, I got my problems, you got your problems, leave me the fuck alone about this. I, I had to pull into a gas station today in the Lightning because uh, I needed to pee. Get a quick trip hot dog? No, I just needed that to pee. That two gallons of water, man. I know, drinking, I mean, drinking all this water, you got to pee all the time. That's the other problem with the 75 hard. Not I'll <laughs> Hold your point. But, like, if you try to go deer hunting, 
Like, why you're doing that program? I've, I've done it two days now. Dude, I got a 10-year-old daughter. I'm, like, trying to pee out of the top of the stand. It's like, you know, it's just, like, I have to plan my day around drinking the water. Yeah. Like, so, that's one of those logistical things that you don't think yeah. about. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. Sorry. You had to stop and pee at the quick trip. Yeah, stop and pee at the quick trip. And this guy, he's construction worker, roughneck. He's pulling in there for lunch. He's still got his hard hat on. Uh, Dude, you can take your hat off. You're not at work. <laughs> nah, it's probably like so. I used to drive home with safety glasses on all the time, and I just because you just didn't know they. I just on. forgot that they were on, right? And so, um, um, I'm walking out to the truck, and he he like speedily opens his door. He's next to me, and he's like, "Man, tell me about your truck. Those things look cool." And he's like, he's driving a big old lifted diesel yeah. work truck, you know, and all this. It, not your stereotypical guy that would be interested in the EV. And so I was telling him about it, and he's like, how's it pull? I'm like, it'll, it'll pull a fucking house. It just won't pull it very far. You know, I want to go like 100, 150 miles if it's pulling something really heavy. Yeah. Um, but you, it, should, you should hook up to my boat and see how far you can take it. That'd be an interesting YouTube thing for you. Yeah, maybe. We're done <laughs> We're done with automotive stuff. But uh, um, you know then, fuck you, then. <laughs> um, then he was asking all these other questions. How, how about travel and everything else? And I'm like, around town is freaking awesome. And even towing around. Like, we tow a 9,000-pound trailer around town. No big deal. Um, it's long trips where it does suck. Like, I drive to Dallas a couple times a year. I got to stop two or three times on the way down there and charge and two or three times on the way back. And it just sucks. Yeah. But, but, you know, like, let's say I go to Dallas five times a year. There's 10 days, 10 driving days where it sucks. And there's 355 days out of the year where it makes perfect fucking sense. So... I'll take my, like, there's not a vehicle out there that makes perfect sense 365 days out of the year. You take any pickup truck, for example, unless you got something in the bed of that pickup truck, you're kind of, you could have been driving a car, right? Or you go buy a car. There's a couple of days of the year where you got to borrow a buddy's pickup truck. Or you go on long family vacations. Maybe you're going to borrow somebody's big SUV or something because all your luggage and everything else, right? Yeah. So... There's no car out there that's the perfect solution for 365 days out of the year. And I'm like, okay, it makes perfect sense for all the 10 of those days. Sweet. You know. I agree. Do, do it, you want me to argue that point? Or should we move on? Well, <laughs> well, I, have you guys seen the McLaren P1? Like how it has an electric motor, but also like a gas-powered motor? Yeah, so and they talk about the Chevy e right? Yeah, like yeah. they do so, it basically like reduce drag. Yeah. So I'm like, that's genius. Just yeah. Well, what it does, so the, the real issue with electric motors and high performance is they're good off the line and they're good moving, but then once they get over, I can't remember what the threshold is of mile per hour, like they need that actual torque mm-hmm. to, and high horsepower to propel the car. It just feels like, like well, so it, a lot so of it has like to do with gear reduction. So it, that it they're direct drive, they don't have a transmission, and yeah. so you're now taking that engine that engine was amazing at low RPMs, and now you're taking that engine at higher RPMs, whereas your normal car has shifted three or four times. Yeah. And and so it's down in its low RPMs. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of the bigger thing. Uh, Dodge, they're coming out with a Ram Charger. Um, and this is the first glimpse of where I've kind of envisioned this whole EV thing going for a while. I've envisioned it being diesel over electric or gas over electric, like locomotives are. locomotives have a giant diesel powered generator but locomotives are electrically driven yes right they're electric motors that drive locomotives and so i'm like this is that's going to be where it ends up right the dodge their ram charger is it's gas over electric so it's not a hybrid 
that it's plug-in electric, but then you can also fill a tank with fuel and it will run a generator while you're driving charge and it. charge the battery while you're using it. And their initial report said something like 600 miles of range or something like that, which is, which is insane, right? Because my truck, in perfect conditions, my truck only goes 330 and it's the extended range. In a real world application, like going on the highway, it's like 225. Yeah. Because you're never going to run it all the way to zero and you don't always, you never charge it all the way up to 100. Yeah. So realistically, it's like 225 miles between stops. Do you remember back in the day when they had diesel cars and they got like 85 miles to the gallon? Yeah. And then like OPEC and all these people were coming out. They're like, nope, we got to have restrictions. Yeah. We got this and that, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, nope, the max is going to be 30 or 20 or 25 or whatever. It's like, yeah. Whatever happened to that technology? Yeah. Like where you could literally go 85 miles on a gallon of diesel fuel. So. Like. Yeah. That's, it, you know that's political, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's, totally. Well, there's there's things that come out and you have your early adopters. They take it wholesale. We're going to go all electric, which is fine. But then you have like the practical applications where you take it and you're like, okay, this is a tool. How can we use it? And your sense where it's like it's a incremental, gradual, more realistic. Right. Not saying that all electric isn't realistic, but it's like, like you said, that's where it's headed. The same thing with AI, you know, it's a tool. The same thing with anything new coming out. Yeah, right. and the other thing I have, the only, the real issue I have with EVs is the fact that they push that stuff and they're like, hey, look, this is better for the environment. Well, no, I don't, it's not. I don't know if they are pushing it that it's better for the environment. I well, like, like, so politically they are. I Well, I think, like, I think what you see, I don't think are. I think what you, so anything political is just a push pull, right? If they pushed me this way, I'm going to push them back. If they pulled me this way, I'm going to pull back. Right. I think somehow that got on to, cause you got your stereotypical stances from the left and the right. Yeah. Right. Your, your left is all about the environment. And so then, if your left happens to fall in love with yeah, EVs, EV. then it must be all about the environment. Well, maybe they just like cool shit, you know? No, that's and, the whole push of the EV, is is that it... The whole original deal was our emissions are going to be less. Technically, the emissions are the same. Because until you get enough hydroelectric dams and yeah. enough wind power... But see, all of that it. shit's like way over my head. I didn't care where the gas came from when I was putting it in my gas cars. I don't I, care I, where the electric I comes understand from. that. I'm just saying there's no there's no benefit environmentally or we're not burning any less coal yeah. than we were before EVs. Yeah. Like there's it's just it's not gonna happen. What's and what's a real um like, they need more hydroelectric. We all know that. Like, that's the easiest way and the most natural way to make electricity. Yeah. They should be focusing on that, and for some reason they're not. I don't get that. Like, solar's the worst. I'm, wind is the worst. Solar's the second worst. Hydroelectric's the best. Yeah, you're because limited on hydroelectric, though, because you yes, can only you put lakes in so many places and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of room for them, for sure. So they've... They've done these, they've made these tubes now that what they do is they just drop them in the river. Yeah. And then like, let them spin. And then, and then yeah. they spin. Um, yeah. Like that's the cleanest way. Well, to I've get seen electricity. Them, I've seen them run generators off of just waves. You yeah. Got, you got a pier. Goes in, goes out, goes in, goes no, out. No, it's like goes a, in, goes out. it's like a fulcrum. 
Oh, the um, up and downs. Yeah. And, and so it's a float that just, yeah. as a wave comes in, it pushes the float up. And yeah. as that goes up, it spins something in the yeah. pivot point, right? Yeah. And it gets a little generator, a little uh, flywheel yeah. going. Those are the most, well, yeah. Those are what we should be pushing. Yeah. Cause that's, but they're not. That's 24 7, 365, kind of like hydroelectric. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's wavy. Well, that is hydroelectric. It's just right. a different hydroelectric. It's a different, different version, right? It's just turning a turbine a different way. Not, yeah. not that it's turning it a different way, it's using. See, I just a different mechanism a mechanism to make it. I just have to look at all that stuff like the couple of gallons of gas I'm buying ain't making a difference in no, it's this, not any crisis out there, whether it's a surplus or shortage of gas, right? If I put solar panels on my house, I'm not doing it to help the environment. I'm doing it to help my wallet. And that's right? that's where I was kind of going with that. Like so the the bad part of the EV and everyone wanting to be all electric all the time. Like we've ramped up all this electric stuff, which is good. Right. But all of our bills have gone up like substantially. Right. Like people don't realize how much, how far behind our infrastructure is Mm -hmm. in the electrical engineering department. Like when they put all these subdivisions in and then all those subdivisions have to have EV chargers or half of them have electric cars You've basically upped the electrical demand for that subdivision by 25%. Yeah. And there is not, we don't have the ability to do that. Right. Like there has to be things in place before you force people. But here's the thing. To well, do nobody's, nobody's forcing EVs on anything. No, I'm not. Right? I, I'm not saying, that, but that's what's coming, I think. No, no, you're, you're, they're never going to, big oil is way too strong for them to allow the government to force EVs I on like, anybody. I'd like to think that. Yeah, I also like to think that the government can't co- couldn't come out and say, "Hey, you have to inject this stuff into your body, or you can't keep your job." Well, and most and that, most sane people saw right through that bullshit and I mean, then lost their jobs. Literally two or three weeks before that, the government said that's not a thing we can legally do, and then two or three weeks later, they bluffed it all the way up to the final hour. And if you were dumb, you'd quit your job. Well, those dumb people lost their jobs, or and then they were, and now screwed. they're going to be filthy rich. Well, because they have, lost have you noticed you like all those lawsuits that came out? You like don't hear anything about right. it, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's just it's a push and pull because I mean EVs. I mean I remember. Uh, I don't know how the show has gone thirty two minutes about talking about EVs. Well, like, what we're being a, like in the early two thousands, electric cars kind of became more of a thing, and I think you do need and conservatives, libertarians kind of get a bad rap for being like let's let's kind of see where it's going. Let's take a list of unintended consequences let's figure this thing out and we kind of get a bad rap of like oh you're anti-ev it's not like we're not it's just that you know if one side like if conservatives had their way 100 percent of the time things would be a mess and the same thing for like democrats people who are left-leaning and so with electric vehicles that push that push pull is healthy because well, imagine if we went full electric and it was like the year 2000 oh yeah it'd been a but, train wreck that being the... said like i'm concerned about, i want that corvette e-ray right like i want that dude the article i read six months ago yeah. Like, that thing does 0 to 60 in, like, 2.7 seconds. Yeah. Like, I want one. It's Dude, fucking bad. What's wild, though, is, like... I've tried to buy one and go online, like, where do I find one? Ghost Town. Right. <laughs> I got a guy whenever it comes to it, if you need it. Um, the, what's wild is people forget history so much, right? Like, when Henry Ford invented the car. Yeah. There were, there were people going, you're a fucking idiot. We got horses for that. Nobody's ever going to buy that. The infrastructure's not there. Where are you going to refill it with gas? Who's got gas? You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, look where we are now, right? So 
The infrastructure follows the need. The infrastructure never comes before the need, right? Yeah. Closest thing to coming before would be like Tesla. Tesla's infrastructure is very durable over some of the others, right? Now, they, they're also the largest manufacturer of EVs, well, and so it yeah. makes sense. And so he knew, like, to not argue the point, but, like, he knew, hey, if I don't have some of this infrastructure yeah. in place, I can't sell these cars and they're right. going to be worthless. Right. So, like... That was brilliant on his part to have the infrastructure, which is kind of my point. Right. Like you have to have some of that infrastructure or it just doesn't work. Well, like it, just, it doesn't it, work it at the speed work. that the manufacturers would like it to. And so Tesla took it all into their control and said, yes, we're not going to wait on, smart. yeah, we're not going to wait on other people to do the infrastructure. We'll do it for us. Right. But like as neighborhoods pop up and more EV chargers come in and the demand for electricity rises, then the, the infrastructure matches the demand. Well, the infrastructure does. The problem with the infrastructure is the way they get it is your electric rates go up to pay for the next project. Like that's, have you noticed, so did you notice, have you noticed your bills? Well, that's the last, so, so like three months ago they went up before they sent that letter out. Went to time-based. Well, and now they're going to the time-based thing, which the government made them do. And they're going to go up again. They're probably going to be up. Nobody's rates went up three months ago. Everybody's rates were exactly where they were. They've, they've been, our rates have been fixed for like four or five it years. It went up a kilowatt hour. Mm-mm. Evergy went up a kilowatt hour like six months ago. Nope. No nope. electric bill went up. What the fuck happened? Well, you might be on level pay and you're just using I'm not that. on level pay. Okay. Well, fuck level pay. maybe they added some other bullshit surcharges or something like that. But to like pay they, for infrastructure. The, the actual rate was... Oh, Five cents a kilowatt and has been forever, the top rate, right? So it used to be, for, for those listening to the show, in Missouri and Kansas, it used to be that your first 600 kilowatt hours of energy you paid a lot of money for, your next 400 kilowatt hours of energy you paid medium amounts of money for, and then anything over a thousand total kilowatts, uh, anything over a thousand kilowatts, we paid five cents a kilowatt. And so that's why I never went solar, is because I've got geo on my house, I use a lot of electricity for the geo. Um, and so that put me in the top tiers and solar, all it does is spend the final, it takes the, the last energy off of your bill. Right. So for, for people, for people that don't have geothermal and aren't using much electricity, then they're getting credited back the expensive rates. But for me, because I'm so deep into the cheap rates, solar didn't quite make sense for me. Right. And, and again, I'm only green if it puts green in my wallet. That's right. Right? Because there's way too much lying That's with right. statistics that goes on for me to trust anything. Right? Um, everybody likes to show the scary picture of the big reverse mountain hole in the ground, acting like they had to dig that up to, to power one EV. And it's like, no, they, they, they're powering hundreds and hundreds of thousands of EVs with the lithium from that mine. Right? But everybody likes to draw the conclusion that this big giant hole and these underprivileged kids and these... Or labor agreements for your one EV, and it's like no, it's not, it's not quite that way. And I agreed. If we really looked into it, and we looked into like the steel mills overseas that are producing all cars, gas or electric, we'd probably see unfavorable working conditions and cheaply paid labor and all of that stuff. So that I just don't buy into all of that because they use that imagery in those stories to sell the one thing, but then they quickly forget about it. Whenever it's it's hurting them on their stance, you know well, what that, I mean? No, I know what you mean, but that's not what they say. They say, "Hey, this is the problem." Is they say this is better for the environment? That's right. not true. It's the same. Yeah, it, it, it's literally the same. 
as to do this, but there's no infrastructure to support. You know what I mean? Well, like it, they say, hey, okay, so if we build this electric EV, like everyone, like for everyone, it's better and it's going to be great and all these things. It's not. It's the exact same as if I dig the hole for the steel or if I dig another hole for the lithium. Right. Like the, the hole in the ground is still going to be there. But, so let's not pretend like it's better for the environment. Yeah, it's it's just that, a salesman the, stretching statistics yeah. to the prove. The technology is not there, right? The technology absolutely is there. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of EVs on the road every day, right? The technology is not there for everybody to convert to EV right away. That's what I mean. Right. That's what I mean. But that would never happen anyway, right? The technology is not there to send everybody in space right away. But you don't see anybody griping about the space race because it can't support everybody. Why do it at all? I gripe about it because it's just a waste of money. I think they're learning quite a bit. Well, what are we learning that's going to help mankind? Uh, like what? Like literally what? So we've been to the moon. Alternative power sources. They're learning more efficient ways to... What do you mean alternative power sources? How they can power things up there because they don't have the I land. Don't care, I don't care about them being up there. Well, what I'm saying is they're they're pulling... They're not pulling elements out that make better power than what we have now. No, no, no. But when you're, when you're forced with a problem that you don't yet know how to solve, you figure out a way to solve it, and then you can take what you learned from that and apply it to other things, right? So... Yeah, but they've spent literally... Undoubtedly, there are things we've learned. Heat shields, for example. Heat shielding for the spaceships to come back into the Earth and everything else, right? So they learn how to solve those kinds of problems, and then they can take that heat shield technology and apply it to things that need heat shields here on Earth. Like MRIs to Velcro from space exploration. Yeah, I mean, those are some of the basic ones. Like, if you want to go ultra basic, you can say, dang, right? We got yeah. dang. Well, it, it, but, that's my, like the whole, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get on a whole other tangent, and that's okay. But like, okay, we're, we want to go to Mars, and so we're testing all these SpaceX rockets, and we're going to do all this, and we're going to, we're going to spend $50 trillion, and we're gonna, it's going to be great, and we're going to do this. Do you know, literally, you could take that $50 trillion and feed all the kids that are fucking starving in Africa? Yeah, like, I... Like, I don't, I don't agree with... I greatly like detest you that statement right there. You and, can't... And here's the reason why. You can't waste money on things that aren't for the greater mankind. Yeah, you can. Going, You can. But you, going to space, it's like... I'm not arguing the point that it's their right to spend the money. I'm arguing the pi like the part of like in my own morality, if you told me, Dave, okay, I'm gonna give you fifty trillion and you can either figure out a way to send some people to space that can buy two hundred and fifty thousand dollar tickets and get to space and it's gonna be awesome. Or you can try to write some third world countries and feed some kids. Right. I'm going to feed the kids every time. Yeah. Here's, like I th- here's I the problem think though. There's you... no, there's no benefit that they can gain from going to space. That's going to help mankind more than meeting the initial needs that like our country and third world countries have right now. Right. Well, so like it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to make that argument. It, You're going to try. Here's, here's the argument. You will always have poverty no matter what you do in the world. Yes. 100%. Poverty yeah. is not a... The, the poverty line is a moving thing. Agreed. And and so you raise the wages of everybody in the world. 
the poverty line is still by hundred percent. The poverty line is still the poorest portion of the world, yeah. right? Um, I'm not saying that by doing that you would get rid of the poverty line. Right. I'm right. saying you could just ease suffering. Well, right. However, some of that stuff is like not our problem to solve, right? Like there's a whole war going on over there in Israel. It's not my problem to solve. And so I don't waste a lot of energy doing that, right? But if I'm in the technology space, then I'm looking for ways to solve the problems that I'm gold, right? Now, if I'm a leader of that third world country, then yeah, I'm going to be trying to do things to create revenue and get my country out of poverty and everything else. Some of those countries are just fucked. Like, they don't have imports and exports. They don't have anything to do there. And so other than just continually streaming money over there, like a welfare, like a global welfare system, there's not much you can do for that, right? Um, and, how, like, I hate the line of, do you realize how many mouths you could have fed with that? Because everyone has their own choice. And it's kind of like the people that were against building the wall around the nation. But yet... They live in a gated community and they, they, they don't mind the wall when it protects them in their own home, but they hate the wall when they, they, the idea of not being inclusive to, you know, we're a nation of visitors and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then, or, or the states that are on the border, um, the, the states that are not on the border that act like, um, immigration is not that big of a deal. And then you get the governors of Texas and Florida shipping all of their, yeah, immigrants in into like, those. Oh shit, we need money. Yeah, there's people here. Oh, yeah. you didn't realize it was a big deal. Right, right, and yeah. so it's like one of those things where it's not a problem until it affects you personally, kind of thing. And so, like you know, to me, whenever I hear somebody say, "Do you realize how many mouths you could feed with that money?" It tells me that they have zero argument in the fight whatsoever because. What a person or a business does with its discretionary income is solely their choice. And ultimately, if they're spending it on any goods of any kind, they are feeding mouths with it, right? Um, it's it, There's a classic cliche story of a guy that um, he's driving a Corvette and he pulls up at parks and somebody's like rolls their eyes at him. They're like, do you know how many mouths you could have fed with the money that you spent on that Corvette, right? And the guy's yeah. like, yeah, actually, the, the guys in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where this was made... There's probably about 4,000 employees there that I fed those mouths by buying this car, yeah. right? And then the people in the gas and oil industry that this thing uses every day, I'm feeding those mouths. And the, the tire manufacturers, when I have to put new tires on it, I'm feeding them. Like, that's just kind of the way the world goes around, right? That's, yeah. so a few things there. Like, when you say, like, that's, you said this like a few minutes ago. When you say, well, that's those people's choice. Like, when you say that, it's a little ignorant. Like, the little children that are born into those situations, like, at that time, it's not their choice. They have no, there's there's no choice. It was their parents' choice. Oh, right, right. And It, it wasn't my choice to be born in America. I'm just making the most of it, right? Y yes, you've made the most of it. But that doesn't mean that that can't be a writing of the wrong for those kids that could do something great in the future if only given the opportunity right. or the food. Yeah. Okay, so that being said, that's, you know, as far as, like, my point of arguing, like, the SpaceX and spending $50 trillion and all that versus the car 
where people are, they have those jobs to do that. Like that's a cyclical um, part of the economy, right? Like that's a circle. Mm-hmm. Like money's going out, cars are being built. This guy's keeping the car going by getting money from his job to, you know, make yeah. the country better, right? Mm-hmm. That's a cyclical thing. The SpaceX program is not a cyclical thing. Like part of it is that those Yet. people get jobs, okay? Yeah, Starlink. And, and, and that those and that those people are, you know, doing all of that stuff. The amount of money that's wasted for no return on investment there is the problem. Well, like the car, the Corvette thing, when they make that car and they sell that car and they make money and then people that built that car make money and the people that maintain that car make money mm-hmm. when that rocket crashes no one's there's no there's no cycle there you right. know what i mean it's like it, but, it, it it's like a dead end and i like so in the 60s when they went to the moon like they achieved their goal right they mm-hmm. got to the goal there was still no cycle there was no like they didn't get to the moon and then harvest minerals from the moon and then come back here and then like it helped mankind or it helped the every man on the street. Like there's no cycle there. Right. All it is is people pooling money into this program that doesn't make anything better. That's yeah. the argument. You, 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 it's yet. Yeah. Like keep in mind, Amazon. Dude, yet's yeah, been a hundred years. That's fine. Like and, and part of our job as a nation and as a world is to explore things where 80 to 90% of what we're exploring will never have a return. But you never get to the 10 or 20% that has a wild return on the investment without chewing through the 80 or 90% that doesn't return, right? It's no different than like businesses trying different marketing ventures. You got your anchor 20% that always works and you got a a big middle that you're kind of worrying about. And then you got some wild ass things that you're just going to throw money at and try. And if it works, great. And if not, you were willing to part with that money for the for the learning opportunity, right? Um, you know, we've we've gained a lot of stuff, like Austin just mentioned, Starlink and all of those kinds of things, to where now the whole entire world can have internet wirelessly. I love the thought of that. I can't get fucking wireless internet at my house other than T-Mobile through a fucking tower. All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. Probably get Starlink. No, I can't. Hmm. You can't get Starlink. Starlink is like this, this pocket dream that everyone's like, Starlink is going to connect the world, and it's going to be great. I mean, it's I, going to be awesome. I saw a post like, just yesterday of one of my friends on Facebook that got Starlink, and he was bragging about how badass it is. I'm sure it is badass. you got to be on some kind of, like, super Jesus list to get the Starlink. Well, right now. People in Ukraine can get it, but yeah. I can't get it. 
Yeah, right now, you know, it's limited in its bandwidth right now, but as they get more satellites up there, it'll get better. And, you, you, know. Know, you start to run into, you kind of butt heads with the, the Mars or the Athena children thing. You kind of, capitalism starts to butt heads with um, the future of mankind. Like, like say you do feed the children, and then 50 years later, an asteroid hits the Earth, and then we're all dead. It's like, Maybe so. Obviously, we can't predict the future, but it's it's kind of like those philosophies of like it kind of gets, you know, it's we kind of have to almost entertain multiple dogmas. Like obviously, we all believe in capitalism. Multiple dogmas. I like that. Like well, it just That's good. It's just like um. Well, it's just like the case of Oppenheimer. You have, you, you kind of have to take in the commie and have him build the bomb to win the war. And so you're kind of entertaining things of like, we need a, a collective effort across lines. We need to talk to Germans, talk to Russians to build right. this bomb. But at the same time, there's a thing of like security. So that's kind of like a... Well, simply put, case. mankind does not have enough compassion within itself to go try to save all the lives of the world. A because person does, but you're right. A, a mankind. People don't. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, we've got people that are trying to kill people by the hundreds of thousands. The, the last, they're not worried about saving the poor kids in Africa. It's the it's yeah, the hunger. You know it's I mean? the but they're also not worried about going to Mars. It's the Hunger Games thing. Is you be people people look at Hunger Games like we talked about before. Have, oh, that's so far out. You give a person and you make them desperate enough, and you put them in a situation where it's like I have to kill this person to survive. Well, they just call, well it's just war. You'd be surprised at how quickly the nicest person could just take someone out. Right, right. Like that's all. Yeah. That's all real stuff. You know. Um, I oh, do want to cir- I do want to circle back. You you had mentioned seven. I, I'm I'm gonna have to step out and pee uh, because <laughs> That's of seventy five okay. hard. But you had mentioned uh, seventy five hard and hunting and what do you do with all the pee and everything else? Well, I've got two big old Gatorade jugs that are empty, well, yeah. and I pop a lid off and pee in them. Right. Well, so well, like, the deer stand. When I hunt, I just pee off the side. So there's been studies that like the ammonia is not that much different. So right. Like. It's not a big deal. Right. But my, the problem is I got a 10-year-old daughter. Right. And she's like, Dad, what are you doing? And so I'm like standing up like back to back. And yeah. I'm like, like, I just, yeah. like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, so like, it's just, it's another problem. with seven. It's like one more thing I have to facilitate to do the seven right. hard. Hence the reason I'm out. <laughs> well, so here I am in the deer stand and I'm, you know, I'm still drinking my water. I'm still hitting all my objectives and everything else. And I'm not doing anything to sweat. So I'm going to have to pee all the water out. Yeah. And so uh, I've, I've learned that I can fill two giant Gatorade bottles with 32 pee. ounces. So 64? Yeah, yeah 64, 64 ounces okay. of pee <laughs> from morning to lunch. And then you come out for lunch and dump them. And then That's you go back in. That's a lot of pee. Yeah. Well, it's a gallon of water is a lot That's of water, of, right? So we but, talked about this the other day. Like, That's I think it's too much. Well, maybe. But it's too much. What? So we come out of the stand. And uh, we change clothes to go to lunch, and um, you know I dump my pee bottles out, and I just stuck them into Mason's boots just so they would sit upright and not tip over or anything. (laughs) And I just stuck them in Mason's boots, and we get back from lunch, and and Mason's like, "Dad, what is that?" And I'm like, "That's pissing boots." (laughs) It's the the next movie that's coming out. Pissing boots. So, Dude, that's so messed up. On that note, I'm going to step out and Sorry, I'm going to talk about field pulse for a minute. You talk about field pulse. I'm going to talk about field pulse. Are you going to be okay? Are you sure? I just got to pee. You're going to be all right? 
He's got old man bladder, too. <sighs> Talk about Field Pulse for a minute. Just they have a special ahead. offer this week. Did you know that? Uh-huh. So until the end of the month, Field Pulse is giving a 25% discount until the end of November If you on a year-long purchase. That's so like 25%, man. You know what you should do? What should we do? Hey. Whenever Mitch gets back, we both go use this. It's like just a bit. Unplug it. Turn his mic off. Yeah, I want to go. I'll sit over here. I'll be my first appearance on the podcast ever. <laughs> Dude, you... This is... This is why you're not an athlete. You can't even fucking sit uh, on cables. <sighs> this is what it feels What's like. matter? Sitting across. My first performance. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about something. First, I will clarify when I said entertain multiple dogs. Hey, it's close. Close. There you go, right there. Really, when I said I to entertain multiple dogmas, I'm in no way saying I empathize with communism or fascism. <laughs> For sure. Because, I mean, it's... I mean, with Oppenheimer, you had all these scientists. Everyone was in bed with commies. They, yeah. they had communist friends. But the USA was able to utilize them to build the bomb, which helped them win the war and kill lots of people. Which lots of people. Holy cow, Austin went in front of the camera. He went rogue. You should have seen his dumbass getting up. He almost pulled down the camera, (laughs) the mic, and the soundboard all in like a a 10-second interval. I shouldn't say dumbass. It was pretty fun. Yeah. It was hilarious. You okay? I'm back. You all right? I was just talking about Field Pulse's offer. It's about 32 ounces of pee right there. They're offering 25% off till the end of the month. I know. On a year-long membership. Jump on it. Have you ever gone to pee in a cup and it starts getting close to the top and you're like, oh. Just you like, just got it pinched off. I can't. It burns. I can't do it. <laughs> you can't stop when you start. It stinks. No. It stinks. Yeah. And it's awful. I don't have the art of, like, the different ways that plumber is able to pee. Like, I was, Chris was, yeah, just, I couldn't find anything to pee. And he's like, yeah, just prop the door open and pee behind it. And it's, like, in the middle of the road. I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's an art form. He had the construction pee today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, construction guys have been pissing in buckets in the, inside their trucks for decades, oh, yeah. right? Well, I had one in you my remember, bucket. It was the piss bucket. Remember the last year? Starts, he was like, hey, dude, why is it, what's with this bucket? I was like, that's my piss bucket. He's like, dude, like literally I smelled that bucket. Yeah. And I didn't know. I was like, yeah, it's my piss bucket, dude. What you remember, <laughs> so last year there was a video that came out of an Amazon driver who threw their pee bottle out the window and then like drove over it. And it popped and splattered all over a driveway, right? <laughs> and so like... That's an isolated incident. That's a that's a shitty behavior from somebody who has no respect, right? However, the whole argument got blown out of proportion that Amazon's unfair to their drivers and they're making them pee in bottles in the trucks and all this no, that's stuff. that's a personal choice. That's a personal choice. They're driving. They just hit a gas, gas station. There's a gas station every five minutes. Absolutely. But I take offense to that because, like, until you've worked out on a construction site where it's the last construct, new construction home and all the other ones are done and everyone's out there watching you and there's no Johnny. Yeah. Like that's a real life struggle or like you got to find a spot to go. Like that's a real life struggle or it's a temporary construction site. And there is no Johnny like every plumber out there who yeah. literally were going into homes and turning off their water to make repairs. You know, cutting into their sewer to make I repairs. Just, I always just go in the toilet and then flush it. You know, who's writing those articles. It's that person that, doesn't get up until ten thirty. They get their latte. Yeah, and they get like their. Because they have no almond. sense of they have no sense of what those people's actual reality yeah. is. They go to like, their sunroom and sit cross legged on their Mac, and they write these articles. Like, oh. yeah, they don't realize that like literally, <laughs> I'm suffering all day so that you can poop in a porcelain pot and then f- just hit a handle and then it go away for life. Yeah, it just disappears. Yeah, right. Like literally, you can walk over to the thermostat 
and hit two arrows, and now it's completely comfortable. Yeah. Like, you don't realize that I had to pull your furnace out and then sweep up your disgusting hair and your dog hair and your kids' toys and a cat turd, like, to put all your stuff back together so you can live in fancy land. Like, there's no sense of reality anymore. Like, I should have tried harder in school. <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm like, man, I should have went to college. I don't regret that for a minute. No, but... I don't either. But it, it's like, there's just, you know, back in the day, like, there were way more blue-collar jobs than white-collar jobs. Mm -hmm. And so everyone had a sense of what the actual reality is. Right. And now there's way more white-collar mm -hmm. jobs than blue-collar jobs. And so everyone has kind of lost this sense of what it actually takes mm -hmm. physically to get a job done so that everyone can be comfortable and have this great sense See, of... I don't... I really don't even buy into that. Like, again... Of course you don't. You've... Ever since you've been taking this testosterone and doing 75 hard, you argue every point. Well, no. If you think that I'm lying, ask your wife, because she told me the same thing last week. No. So, <laughs> the... Uh, I'm going to geek spot, because I'm actually... I have one foot no in that world. I have no one one's fucking talking to you. Yeah, well, no, I'm not the perfect case you're example. Right you stop. I'm no, a videographer. He's, he's a white-collar guy thrown into a blue-collar industry so filming. I'm like in both, so I kind of understand. Taking, no I'm I'm learning. You the should whole make him saw cut a four, boyless sledgehammer it out, and then dig it out, and then we'll see what his perspective is. No, that sounds dangerous. It does sound <laughs> dangerous. That's what makes it great. But like, back to your point of like these people, like when when people say things like everyone's lost touch of what it really takes to keep the nation running and all of that stuff. I don't think that everyone has lost touch. I think that maybe a select few have, but then we say that because we want to feel better about our jobs, right? Oh, I don't buy um, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tradesmen that will assume they're being looked down upon by a white-collar person. And it's like, no, that's your own, that's your own insecurity in your head manifesting into the behaviors of that white collar person. That right? doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it makes sense. It's like it makes sense, but that's not that's not the point I was making. Uh -huh. The point I was making was like people and everyone does this when you're when you're entrained or engaged in one form of work and that is your reality for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You just automatically subconsciously think that it, like if you have no exposure to like a hard labor job, right. like that's kind of how you automatically think everyone else works. It just it it Can. just is. That's yeah. your life. That's usually your friend network. That's usually your spouse network. Like that's that's what you envision life is. Yeah. Okay. So when when the, it shifts from seventy percent of the workforce is white collar. I'm pulling these numbers out of my ass, of course. And then 30% is now blue collar versus back in the day, it was probably more like 70, 30 the other way. Right. Like they have no realistic expectation of what it takes to get those jobs done and to work in those types of fields. It's just like my wife. She's been in the medical industry for, for over 20 years, right? Yeah. And when she says to me things like, well, you know, we can't get this done and this done and this done. And I'm like, why not do this, this, and this? 
She's like, you don't understand. It doesn't work that way. And she's right. I don't understand because I'm not in that field. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. When when all of these people have white collar jobs, they just don't they don't realize or have any real grasp of what it takes to work with your hands every day and know like how much work it actually takes to succeed in those jobs and get those things done. So therefore they take them for granted. Just like I do when I go to the hospital and I just wait in line and I get the stuff done and then do my blood work. I don't see everything that it took to get that process happening. Yeah. People have a very myopic view based off of how it involves them. That's his word. So um, years ago, 15 years ago, we were, uh, we went to a forensics lab for a clogged drain. And if you've never been inside a forensics lab, they have a big, giant, commercial, one-and-a-half-horsepower garbage disposal that all the organs go into. And just grind, really? grind them up, send them right down the sewer. And their tables... They don't go to, like, a tank or something? No, 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 no. Um, they just go to the sewage treatment plant? Yeah. And and so all no body fluids just go straight to the sewer. Um, their, their tables have Blown this big right trough around them. I knew that. And, and that there's like a reservoir underneath the table with a big valve. They have them them on the table. Yep. Yeah. And so then when they're done preparing the body, that reservoir is full of liquid. And there's a toilet sitting in the middle of the floor of the forensics lab. And so they roll the table over to the toilet and they open the valve and all the liquids just go down into the toilet. And then they just flush it and it goes down the sewer. And so we show up out there and they got a clogged sewer. It's, you know, not draining. And what so... Yeah, so we start augering away, and you know it smells. It doesn't smell bad because this it's fresh, right? It's yeah, it's uh, not decaying body. It's not decay, right? And it's probably it's probably refrigerated. Is this room refrigerated then too? It's cool-ish. So like fifty-five. They have a cooler room where they store the bodies, and then they bring them out into this cool-ish room, right? Gotcha. And so uh, we're augering away on the sewer line, and we realize that this got bigger. This isn't a clog. It's like, collapsed or something. Yeah. So we go outside, and uh, there's a retaining wall outside, and essentially, basically, it's the cracked. sewer line's collapsed underneath the retaining wall, and so we had to do a pipe burst sewer replacement uh, to get a new sewer line underneath. Is this Smedley? No, no. This okay. was a, okay, a gotcha. former company. Gotcha. Um, and and so I'm out there on the job. It's kind of a high-profile job. It's on a real busy street. It's a unique job being a forensics lab and all this stuff. And so um, to get the line open before we could even pipe burst it, we had to bring in a jetter and jet the line open. Right, yeah, which is fun. And, cool. and so I had a newer guy on staff, and he puts the jetter in the line and then turns it on, and it immediately blasts him with body fluids. Yeah. And so then he's grossed out. He's gagging and almost throwing up and everything else well we had the door open to the forensics lab because we had to power some equipment so we needed to run some extension cords into the door and it was a nice weather day out so we just left the door open and the guys on the inside of this forensics lab are looking at us and going man that's disgusting i could never do that job yeah and meanwhile we're looking at them like they're holding spleens and brains (laughs) and we're going man that's disgusting i could never do that job and I mean, it's just, that's, that's just that's how a, we are all the way around, right? Jetters, man. It's like, so people don't know that, like, as you drop that thing in there, the jets actually push towards you. Yeah, they push and so if there's a, most if, of the time. If there's a plug, so as it's pushing backwards, it's dragging itself through the drain. Mm-hmm. And if there's a dead plug, like, literally everything's coming back at you. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Yeah, his problem was he turned it on. And he only pushed he it in there like, like five feet or something. No, no, like six inches. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, 
And so, yeah, he totally doubt. Like, you get in four or five feet, and the water's oh. going to rise and bubble out of there. Well, it it's not going to shoot yeah. out. Yeah, it foams out of there. It yeah. out. It's like the, it's like the UFC version of, like, Fast Consequences. Like yeah. The plumbing version of, like, that's you're very... Yeah. But Jordan calls it, like, quick... Uh, and he has so a, he's a saint for it. It's like really, so really crispy on UFC. It's fuck around and find out is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. what's funny is like a couple of weeks later, we were doing another, a very similar thing. This was at a veterinarian place and like an animal hospital. Yeah. And their sewer lines collapsed under a road. And this road, it was like a very prominent truck route. It was adjacent to a hospital. Oh, shit. There was a 30-inch gas main. Damn. That we had to dig around, and that's pretty wild. Damn. When you call in locates for a digging around a 30-inch gas Fire main, shows up when you dig. Your phone blows up. Yeah. Right? They're like, hey, wait, wait, Spire, wait, wait, Spire wait, has wait. A, yeah. They have a crew on staff. They call it Firewatch. They have a crew on staff 24-7, 365 to watch you dig. Yeah. That's literally the guy sits in his truck. Yeah. And then when you get out and get on the excavator, he stands at the edge of the hole and he watches the entire time. Yeah. Right? And so that one, we replaced their sewer and the, we, we got turned down on the inspection. And we're like, what? They say, yeah, new codes, this requires a sampling port because they have animal feces going down the drain. And I'm like, wait a minute. A what? couple of weeks ago, I was at a forensics lab and they're literally grinding up brains in a giant garbage disposal and going down the drain, no problem. Wow. But here we can't put a dog turd down the drain without having a sampling port on the sewer so you could like test the contents. Wow. That is so wild. Like, and who's going out there with the dipping? And yeah. Like, dip in the water. And yeah. Like, Let's test this for poop. Yeah. Like what? It's just so like, wild. What the f- yeah. Stop. Yeah. Crazy. The the rules that they have for that stuff. But it is dumb. I have no desire to be in part of any of that anymore. A, a part of that has to do with there's the I dog it, poop part. No, a, a part of human nature is you you kind of have to fight against this idea that you're the center of the universe. <clears throat> and so people they'll be. If they're in the drive-thru working, anything that goes through that drive-thru, anything that's happening around them is their whole universe and nothing else matters. And so they'll get mad at the driver. But from their perspective, they're yeah, trying... the driver. It's, yeah. yeah. And the driver, they're like on the way to a funeral or something. But the drive-thru person's like, well, I'm the only person that matters. I can't believe Shelly was... Well, it's, <laughs> it, everything comes from like your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're driving down the highway going 70 and a 65 and you come up on a slow car... It's going 60 in the left lane, right? Mm-hmm. You're cussing them out. They're just a moron. What are you doing camping in the left lane? Get out of my way, right? I'm meanwhile, just, while I'm that's happening, <laughs> meanwhile, while that's happening, you get a car that was going 80 mm-hmm. and comes up on your ass and they're riding your bumper. Now they're an asshole and they're a dip, mm-hmm. uh, a dick, like a dick or a dipshit, right? I and, wonder if you were going to pull yeah, that out. <laughs> and so, uh, so it's like, wait, who's right? Is it the car that's going under the speed limit? Is it the car that's going slightly over the speed limit? Or is it the guy behind you that's going grossly over the speed limit? But from our perspective... You're all asshats. <laughs> if you're going slower than me, you're in the wrong. And if you're going faster than me, you're yeah. in the wrong. Like, that's the societal way, right? Yeah, yeah it's a selfish way. That's what he was just saying. Yeah. Like, it's just selfish. It's, just it's all based off of our... Well, and, and so, like, to tie that back to... The tradesmen who think that white collar people are out of touch. Like I've been in hundreds of thousands of white collar homes, and um, I can only think on two instances where these people legitimately thought they were above me. And I don't think it has anything to do with I'm white collar or blue collar. I think it had everything to do with they think they're above everybody, right? Well, and I don't. I rang their front door 
I rang their doorbell. They, they called for service. Yeah, go ahead. And I rang their doorbell. And ironically, we ended up doing a 300-foot sewer replacement at this house. Um, big, giant property in Mission Hills. Like, yeah. we're talking, you know, $40 million home probably. Damn. And, um, and so I rang the doorbell. And they opened. They have this tiny little, like, birdhouse door. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they opened the tiny little birdhouse door. And all I heard was... The help enters through the side door. <laughs> I was not worthy to come through their front door. That's like the maid. They made me enter through. This house is old enough. It's got servants' quarters and all this stuff. They made me enter through the door where the help comes through. Right, and um, I, I remember this whole thing. I remember this whole thing very vividly. This was not the homeowner that answered the door. This was like the house manager. Yeah, house manager. Okay. Yeah. Um, the guy who actually owns the home, he the owns. He was the CEO of a company called Script Pro, and Script Pro uh, creates robotic uh, medicine dispensers for pharmacies. So they load it up like a giant fucking vending machine. Yeah. And and it does all the counting for you and everything. So you tell it I need 15 pills that are 15 milligrams of Vicodin. Oh man. And it's gonna oh, pop bitch. out. Well, I mean, <laughs> a day's I, worth. And I'm talking about I'm talking about my ass. I don't know what Vicodin like the strength. Yeah, of course you don't. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you don't. But what I'm saying is you plug it in and you're you're eliminating the human error that yeah. you know somebody could have. Well, you, grabbed the wrong medicine or counted wrong or yeah. the wrong strength yeah, or whatever. Right. Take two jobs away from. People. Yeah, I got it. And, and so we ended up doing like a 300-foot sewer replacement there. And by the end of the thing, like we were on great terms with everybody and we were going in and out the front door. Well, like we almost had to like earn their respect initially. And this was some really blue-collar house manager for an incredibly wealthy white-collar person Yeah, that saw the opportunity to – they were manifesting their own insecurities in their head – and they saw an opportunity to get a dig, you know, the help enters through the side door. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're the help. Like, I'm the help too, but we're all the help, you know? And and it's just, I think that runs more commonly than anything else. Now, don't get me wrong. There are white-collar people that are totally out of touch with that shit. I don't, but there's people that are totally out of touch with anything. I yeah, there are. And I don't think that, like, what I was saying was not, like, that white-collar people are out of touch. I was just saying white-collar people... Like, I guess out of touch is a way to say it, but just don't realize the amount of work. Like, like what I was saying, I don't realize the amount of work that it takes to get the hospital shit done. Right. And they don't understand the amount of work that it takes for us to get our jobs done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, when I go to the hospital, I'm very patient. I don't raise eight kinds of bullshit because it takes forever. Yeah. Because I... Uh, because I don't know, and I know that I don't know. Right. But what I, what I see a lot is white-collar people are, they underestimate the amount of work it takes. Like, for instance, with pricing. Like, you know, oh, why would I pay that? But like, you were here for 30 minutes. Right. Because you've underestimated, they've underestimated the amount of work you're going to do. That being said, um, like, that's something that we can all work on. Like, yeah. I see it on both sides. If I were you in that case and gone to that house, I'd have told him to fuck off, broke a window, and left. Like, yeah. even if I would, like, your patience level for that kind of stuff, and I've said this before on the show, is way higher than mine. Like, I have no patience when people think that they're better 
than you regardless right. of what the situation is. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter what the situation, you can still treat people... Yeah, with like, dignity and respect. With dignity and respect. Yeah. Like, you should open the door and say, hey, man, like, like that guy, he should be like, hey, like, normally to help, like, when we have people here, we go to the other side, then we can, it's easier, you know, yeah. even if it's not, you say, hey, it's easier, like, it's easier to access all the stuff and everything if you want to, but you don't say the help, inter- like, dude, like, your window's broke, I'm getting in my van, you're suing the company I work for, <laughs> I'm getting fired, like, that's what's happening. These are all the reasons why I won't ever hire Dave. Well, I think that... I think you would never hire Dave to service for you. But, like, if you wanted a good pe- good, good bookkeeper and someone that would keep you from spending money, like, you would hire Okay. I think it, I Just think let I, you know. A part of it has to do with, I think all... I'm not for sure, Mitch, but there's also that thing of... There's the white-collar workers who are maybe always kind of been that way, but, like, I think we all started, like, in a fast-food restaurant somewhere or some sort of job like that to where... We remember, so that's why, like, as an adult, like, even though I'm far removed from fast food, there are certain things I will never do in well, a like, drive-thru. Well, I'm never going to be like, you little snots and this you, and that. Like, I'm, I just, I know, I obviously know it's like, you're, you're for one, you're dealing with, with kids. And so you go in there and you kind of know, like, what not to do. And you kind of, I, I know from working at McDonald's for 11 years, everything well, like that you, goes into getting food out the window. Yeah, well, you say that, but it's like there's a whole nother level of society mm-hmm. where their kids have never worked. Right. And yeah. their kids went to college, and then they went out of college and got a finance. They got a finance degree, and then they know, like, their whole network is mm-hmm. so tight-knit that they got a job that they never should have got because of food. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Yeah, I think... Like, that's who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was, I, was like, I was kind of... I was supporting your point in saying, like... There's like that distinction, too, of maybe yeah. someone who's just been like white collar worker, and I think maybe you'll see. I I think it's we're still in that trans, transition phase where anybody who has a white collar job at one point was a blue collar, but maybe it'll get to a point where it's like twenty, thirty, twenty, forty, where it's like it's more and more white collar. Well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, with the advancement of the internet, everyone's seen shitty jobs, right? Mike wrote Dirty Jobs, right? White-collar people love that show because they got access to what it's like to work those yeah. jobs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's perfectly okay to recognize that you're above certain jobs. I spent three weeks working at a foundation company before you got me the job at my first plumbing. Oh, Gary's. Yeah, Gary's Foundations. Fuck and that guy. I, I did my foundation and screwed me out of 2500 bucks, and I'm going to own that yeah. for the rest of my life. By the well, way. fucking guy. Uh, I learned very quickly that I am above that kind of labor. Right? Yeah, you're like, my brain's not working, I'm only using well, my body. Well, like, I don't have a drug thing. habit, I don't have an alcohol habit, and I have a driver's license. Like, that put me <laughs> that put yeah. me three giant steps ahead of everybody on that crew, right? And yeah. so, uh, it's not that I'm above the hard work, it's not that I'm above the manual labor, it's, you're not it's above I'm the, above the, the working uh, group of people that are, like, who wants to surround themselves with people that can't get a driver's license and can't kick a drug and alcohol habit, right? Yeah, but at the same time, like, when you had your foundation poured, you weren't out here, like, lording over them. Like, because you understood. Yeah. Right? There's a difference between, like, I know that I'm not Bill Gates, Hmm. and I know that I'm not Elon Musk. Right. Like, I'm not going to be at that level. I wish it. Oh, I say that. Maybe I don't wish I was. Maybe I'm happy where I am right here. You kind of have, like, the... 
like everyone's a human. Like, I mean, you're either above or below a person, like as far as maybe it's occupation or, or status or wealth, but just like, you know, it's, you could say that you're above someone. It doesn't mean like you think that you're inherently just morally better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you, not to change subjects, but so like Elon Musk and Zuckerberg were going to fight, like mm-hmm. have a UFC fight. You think that's going to happen? Maybe. I'll go on record right now saying I'd fight either one of them mm-hmm. and not be worried. Uh, I don't know. Musk is big. Musk Dude, is. Musk has probably never done anything in his life to feel pain. Are you? Zuckerberg said, on. isn't Zuckerberg a. You're running on some assumptions here. They both train MMA daily. Isn't Zuckerberg a. Um, is it jujitsu? Yeah. Well, if you follow yeah, his jiu-jitsu. Facebook, he does the, the jujitsu stuff and like. I think I, I don't. I, I like. Like, I would, ra- I would be more afraid of fighting you. Than I would be if either one of them guys. I wouldn't. Really? Uh, I mean, I would. I would say. Like, there's a sense of. I would say Musk probably kicks Zuck's ass just because of the size. Well, so that's like, like you see Musk those memes. Big. Well, you see those memes on Facebook, and it's like they show the skinny guy, and that's like all wiry, and then they're like, then they show a big guy that's like all yoked and he's big and tall, and then like the saying is. Uh, people that don't know UFC fighting don't realize why this skinny guy would choke out this big guy. Right. Like, so I, I, I don't buy it like size difference. I don't buy any of that unless they catch you one time. Like if they catch you one time, you're out. Well, it's yeah. like fighting a boss in a video game. Like you'll fight this big boss and you could be like really fast if you get hit one time. Yeah. Like, right. So like, <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is like Mitch knows pain and suffering. Yeah. Like physically every day on a daily basis for a, an extended yearly period of time, roughing in homes. Like, there is a different level of amount of pain you can control and deal with when you've done that. I doubt either one of those guys knows any kind of pain control I, because of that. Well, I... Like, you know what I mean? I think you're running on assumptions there because, like, I know both of them train MMA daily. Uh, Elon Musk has had his neck fused. So, like... So I know where his weaknesses go. Well, what I'm saying is he's very aware with like he's gone through three neck surgeries. Like he's very aware of living so, with pain daily and well, pushing he through. He probably shouldn't be fighting either. Then. Right. Like, right. Well, I'm not saying the MMA caused that. I'm just no, saying No, I know, but I'm just saying yeah, like there just because you have a white collar job doesn't mean you don't work hard or doesn't mean physically hard and doesn't mean you don't know pain and, and all of that. So I mean, but, but there's a difference between being hurt getting better and then dealing with it and then literally living with hard work and pain every day for three or four years. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, like, like the old guys that like you see out, that can barely walk and that like, like they go in and then they're like, Oh, you know, do you know that you broke your rib and your wrist and you're right. like, no, I just kept going. Oh, yeah. like I just, there's a whole nother level of pain control there. Yeah. 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 Then people that when they get hurt or get hurt, four or five times than people that have lived with it on a daily basis. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest takeaway from this whole conversation is to, is that fun to listen to us? Everybody, everybody's got prejudgments about other people and, and and it's their own, it's life. It's their own history and their own insecurities that create those prejudgments. And that's natural. I wouldn't say insecurities. I would just say, Oh, it's totally insecurities. 100%. 100%. Why do you think that? Be Like, the whole white-collar or blue-collar people thinking that white-collar people think they're better than the blue-collar people, right? And, and 
Most you have, don't. You have dreamed that up in this conversation. No, no, no. I'm not saying you said that. I'm saying people do that. People do do that. Right. I will say that. They, people do do that. You know, they, they thought they were better than me or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or, or like the engineer that watches you do the work the whole time. And they act like they act like he's questioning your every move when really he's not questioning it it's just his because he doesn't trust you. He's job. inquiring about it because he's fascinated with it's an engine. Like finally something happens in his home that he can like use some of his engineering instincts and yeah. try to apply it to real life. Right. Okay. You yeah. got to keep in mind that engineer has sat behind a desk arguing with an architect his entire fucking career. And when the painter comes to town, they're not engineering anything, right? Now, yeah. when the plumber comes to town and we're having to solder pipes together or having to, you know, glue PVC pipes together or we're having to size things, like now the engineer's like, oh, cool, I can geek out a minute, right? But if you're insecure with that, you think he's looking over your shoulder. You think he's questioning your every move. And if you're really insecure, then you're going to start judging the guy based off of it. You're going to be like, this dude asked me a question as if I didn't, if I had done this for 20 years, like, listen here, desk jockey, this is what real world's like. <laughs> desk like, like that's how some people really are. I know. Right? I, I've seen it. And, I haven't heard desk jockey in a while. And so if there's, if there's anything to take away from this whole podcast, it is that all humans think differently. And it doesn't matter what they think. All that matters is what you think and what you use to motivate you. So if you need to convince yourself that that engineer was not being inquisitive, but rather questioning you, then use it for motivation, right? Use it for motivation to put in a badass product where the engineer's like, that's pretty awesome. I'm an engineer. I wouldn't have even thought of that, right? But unfortunately, most guys don't. They love living in this semi-self-destructive world where they just want to go home and gripe that the engineer was looking over their shoulder all day long and asking yeah. them questions. And, and so... All of the people out there, like, we, if, if you listen to the last week's show, we were supposed to be talking about leadership or leadership. We'll have to use that for next week's. I do have a story um, whenever you get a, pop, a little break. I'm going to add no, it in it's, there. No, it's not you keep going your thing, but I do have a really... Like all right. Microphone. So, you know, we, we deal with people all day long. And essentially, if we're in the service sales business, we have to find a way to overcome those differences and overcome those insecurities and overcome those hurdles and make the sale anyway. So when the people yeah. say the help enters in through the side door, yeah, I can't throw a pipe wrench through the front window and, burning that house and down. yell <laughs> deuces as I'm burning out their driveway, you know, <laughs> I'm, we, I'm throwing deuces in rolling that house. I'm constantly navigating and learning and, and everything else. So like we had a, we had a customer, um, we had a customer recently call us up, he was too busy to ever meet, at his, meet us at his house. He's like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't get home till six. You guys are just going to have to work late. And fuck I'm, off, bro. And, well, I didn't say fuck off. So I said. I said. Call someone else, bro. We don't, we don't work late. We don't do nights. We don't do weekends. And so if you're wanting us to do the work, then maybe you should, like, use tape to mark the areas that. Essentially, he's finishing a, a room that was never finished. And so there were water lines mounted on the surface of a wall, and he wants to move into the wall. And it was water lines for a washer box, so we put in a washer box for him. Gotcha. And um, uh, so he had, you know, these water lines go up into the ceiling here. They go into the wall here. I want a hydrant out here, all of this stuff. And so we put the piping exactly where, like, he put tape where he wanted us to drill the holes. He put tape where he wanted the hydrant, like, all of this stuff. And so we do all that. And uh, then... He's 
pompous, right? He texts our, our company messenger, like our Facebook messenger, with like four pictures of the work. And he was like, could have made it look a little bit more professional. And it's like... You could also lick my butthole. Right. Well, it's like, hey, it's in. It's leak-free. It's it's. We drilled the holes where you wanted us to drill them. He was complaining that the pipes were crooked. And it's like, well, to put the holes where you marked out that you wanted the holes, the pipes have to get crooked to go through those holes. Oh, shit. Like, if we put holes where we wanted to put holes, it wouldn't be, be that way. But yeah. you were really anal about where you wanted your ship. And so we put it where you wanted it. What an ass bag. And that, Yeah. And, and so, like, I recognized that immediately. My plumber that was out there is like, man, how do I make this guy happy and everything else? And so I told him. Away, bro. No, we've already done the work and he's already paid for it. Yeah. But now he's griping about the quality. And so I said, we're just going to have to go back there and you're just going to have to own up to the fact that the guy's OCD and he has a control issue. And we have to realize that there was no level of installation that we could have done on that first visit that he would have been happy with. In other words, if we would have drilled the holes where we wanted to to make the pipe straight, yeah, he'd have he would have come back and said, you didn't drill them where I wanted you to drill them, right? Like yeah. there's literally no winning with that guy. So what we do is we go back. We have a conversation with him, and we make him. We basically make him look like the idiot. And so yeah. we we say, "Where would you like the holes drilled? Now, are you okay with having two extra holes? Because if I drill them here and run the pipes through here, you're going to have two holes that are empty. And and that's not where you marked them, you know. And and you know we have to go through that with every single step of the process. And then he's going to walk away from that, going, "Yeah, I'm really just bitching about like we're going to do all of this, and it's not really going to change anything." But that's just how you have to manage that personality, right? That and, would be a technically a white collar looking down on a blue collar person. Well, what's funny is the guy's a blue collar employee. Oh, so he's a douche. Yeah, he's <laughs> got it. And that's what I'm that's what I'm he's saying is it, it has nothing to. So you take that personality and put him in a white collar job, and now the white collar gets labeled as these pompous, arrogant people that have no context of how the trades are done, right? Well, this guy's a blue collar guy, but he's OCD. And he's got a control issue. Doesn't work in UAW, does he? Uh, I don't. I, I honestly don't know where he works. I just know he's blue collar. Um, and and so, you know, you take that same attitude but put it in the blue collar guy, and now all of a sudden it's no, it's not white collar against blue collar. It's just you know, OCD arrogant prick against yeah, tradesmen, right? Dumbass. And and so that's what I mean when I say. People have attitudes, but we can't lump the attitude in with this generalization of like white collar, blue collar. There's just assholes out there. There's blue asshole blue collar people. There's asshole white collar people. There's asshole people on welfare. They don't have a white collar or blue collar. They got no collar. And the collar that they do have is one that the government paid for. You know. Yeah. So and then they you paid for them to live there, and then they want to bitch about shit. Yeah. That's a whole it's, other topic for another day. Well, it's it's no different than laziness, right? There's lazy white collar people. There's lazy blue collar people, and there's lazy people on welfare. But you can't just make the generalization that when you see a lazy person on welfare that like, well, yeah, they're on welfare. Of course they're lazy, right? You can't say that because there's lazy, like, you know, we, we got... Well, you can say that, but that doesn't mean that they're lazy just because they're on welfare. Right. Call it correlation is they're not just, causation. Yeah, they're just lazy. Yeah. Regardless of their situation. Yeah. Like, if they were rich, yeah. they'd probably be even more lazy than they are now. Yeah. Because everything would be handed to them. I, I've... You know what I mean? I used to get real tied up into all of that kind of stuff, and I used to let that stuff rub me the wrong way. It's kind of like road rage, right? You think yeah, you're, you're going to a big road rage guy? Yeah, you think you're going to change somebody's mind in a road rage incident? Like we're all adults; nobody's changing anybody's mind. No, I'm just trying to shoot a tire out and move on. <laughs> like I, I don't want to know who they are. Or yeah. Like change. I just I want to get even. 
Well, and, and after 35, I feel like that's when adults just kind of like stop the uh, kind of changing the way you are. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm I worse see than I was when I was 35. Yeah, maybe. It like, but like ultimately. Yeah, look the, at his face. Well, just no, what I mean, like, like just... I mean, like, there's a cutoff where it's like kind of that's why they tell you to get married on the younger side of things because like once you reach a certain age, like. You have like your habits and processes, and the way you think about life just kind of gets stuck. Oh, yeah, it's ingrained. You, it's yeah. Ingrained. I'm pretty sure that's about like 21. Like, it, it seems like kids in high school are still moldable, but as soon as they pop out of high school and within that few, few years after high school, they're kind of set in their ways. Oh, I, will not, and, I would disagree with that 100%. Well, like, when I, I, I will say this, like, like, from, I feel like from 20 to 28, like I didn't even, still didn't even know who I was. You you don't know who you were, but your core instincts were the same. You didn't put up a bullshit. If somebody crossed you wrong, you addressed it immediately, face to face. Um, you said what was on your mind. I think I still do that. Right? Yeah, you, uh, that's what <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm saying. <laughs> you, that's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. You still do that, right? Yeah. That that's all been in place since you were 18 to 21. You think so? Now, now, have you gotten better with it and more tactful with it and realized that, okay, in certain situations or with certain people, I can't do that? Yeah. But yeah, that's probably. still that's still your mode of operation. That's your your general starting point is that. I feel like you're like you're my therapist. No, no, this is this is people in general, right? This is this is for the soft spoken guy who never stands up for himself. Let me is the same way. I went to her today and talked to her, and she basically said the same fucking oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you you can take the soft spoken, quiet, shy yeah. guy, and he's going to be the same way, and he's going to get rolled in his employment and all of this stuff because they're going to realize they can take advantage of him. It's like the stories that Austin talked about, where yeah, you know, they they come in and be like, "Well, somebody called in, so can you close?" And they just like abuse the managers because they they specifically hire quiet, non-outspoken managers because yeah. they know they can roll them, the right? Yeah. And, yeah, and I never, you're 100% right. Right. Like when I worked at Pizza Hut, like there was no way I was going to be a manager because they'd yeah. be like, hey, we need you to do this and I'd just be like, like you, you notice how when you go to a restaurant, right. it's always you like, do what? My, the, the time sheet says nine o'clock. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going out drinking. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. And there, I mean, there's stereo, <laughs> there stereotypes for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like you take a baseball field. Where do you put the shortest guy on the baseball field? Second, second base or shortstop, one of the two, right? Yeah, quick. You don't put them at first base, nah. right? So who do you put at first base? Biggest, tallest motherfucker there. That biggest, run. tallest motherfucker there that can hit, right? You so don't even have to hit. <laughs> I mean, that, that, like that's there's stereotypes around all of that, and and so uh, that doesn't mean that all first basemen are tall. It means that tall guys work better at first base. Maybe right? that's kind of the. They're uh, talking about the restaurant managers. I was like younger than I was like 24 or something like that. And so like, I'm still moldable. So right. you have someone who's sees that and is like, Oh, I could mold them and I could have them stay late and do this and do that. You know, and my personality was, I was really reserved and right. I didn't want to fit anybody. So it's like, I was the perfect candidate to be. We're, break, we're breaking him slowly. Slowly. It's like, slowly. It's still so, like, he hasn't made any drastic steps. <laughs> we we need to be wrapping up, but Austin's got a story he wants to oh, tell. I, have a story. I don't want to cut him this out. This is so. oh, you gonna let him talk? Yeah, this, this is, is a, on you if it sucks, man. This is a really good perspective into my mom and I were at Quit Trip. I'm on pins and needles. Uh oh, what what happened to the board? Uh oh, that's not good. Turn well, hey, yeah, it's turn. restarting now. What happened? Interesting. Let me just... Let's hope that recorded. <laughs> Dude, it just turned back off. 
Sizzling things were getting good. Let's see if it comes back on when I open my tablet. Okay. So, I, so well, well, no, I'm not recording yet. Hold on. Okay, we're back. Not yet. So we are now we're live. Now we randomly odd. We lost power on our board for a minute. So let's hope that that previous whole episode <laughs> recording. Uh, oh man! If it didn't, it's gonna be like the last videographer. Someone's getting fucking. <laughs> yeah. Hurt. Well, we were here for this. We know if if yeah, it literally just. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Nope. <laughs> All right. What's your What's your story, Austin? So my mom and I. I was really young. I was maybe like ten, and my mom and I were in the quick trip line at the gas station, and there was a guy in front, and my we noticed that he was buying a drink, and my mom looked out, and he had a nail through his thumb. And yeah. she thought that was crazy, and he's like, yeah, like, I'm on the way to the hospital, but I need to get a drink before I went. I think gotta give me a Coca-Cola, yeah. baby. And so that was, from our perspective, that was like, oh my gosh, like, a nail through my thumb would be like, you're in the ER, you're in there for a week, and you gotta recover, but for him, it was like, yeah, you know, I may do a few more errands before I go to the hospital. Yeah. Right. That happened to me, literally, I was, when I was framing in my barn, so I framed it all in, Joe was living there. Um, I didn't have the barn finished, and so our water pipes froze out there. So I had to, like, so where my mechanical room is, mm -hmm. I had to frame that in, right? So I'm out there framing that thing. Nail gun double shoots. Nail goes into my hand right here. Like, literally hits the bone, bounces off, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I tape that thing up. I go into the house. I said, Joe, dude, I just shot a nail. I said, I need two shots of whiskey. He's like, I got some whiskey. I drink two shots of whiskey. I go out there, and I finish framing that fucking thing. And literally, like, we went to 54th Street for lunch, and my hands just wrapped up, and I'm like, I gotta get something to eat. Yeah. Get something to eat, go home. I'm like, you're, like, just trying to figure out how to plan it into your schedule. Like, man, well, I gotta move that appointment back there. Yeah, I was like, if I, <laughs> like, tomorrow, if it's so swollen that I can't move it, I'll go to the hospital. Dude, it's, like, until then, I'm fine. It's it's just, like he's saying, it's just a perspective thing. Yeah. You take, you take a... I should have went to the hospital. You take a husband and wife and their first kid, Right. And um, I feel this is personal. I don't have one kid. Well, you might be a little bit different because your wife's in the medical field. But oh. you take you take a husband and wife that not in the medical field and they have their first kid, right? They go through those two or three crazy sleepless nights in the hospital, and then all of a sudden the the hospital foolishly sends you home with this infant that you have no clue how to care for. Right? And see so you're you're treating it all delicately and you're putting it in the car seat like and you're getting it inspected. Right. And, <laughs> and then you drive home like 14 miles an hour under the speed limit. Like, why are they not stopping for us? And all this shit, right? <laughs> I was like driving all slow. Mean, like, oh, fuck. Meanwhile, your second kid, and you're like, come on, babe, let's get out of the hospital. The game's about ready to come on. And they you're like done blowing red lights. Yeah, she's not even done, Yeah, you know, cleaned up. <laughs> you're, you're blowing red lights and doing 95 miles an hour down the highway. Like, right? Let's get home, girl. Experience in anything makes it not as intimidating the next time you go through it, right? That's, right. that's probably not the first nail that's been through that guy's hand. <laughs> you know? And, 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 and the fact that, that week. the fact that he knows that yeah. is like, I know I've got a couple hours in the hospital and i'm hungry and yeah. so i, I gotta take care of me first right like he goes up there he's like i need a pint of vodka a 32 ounce coke i got my hot dog i'm, yep. like, I'm ready to go yeah, i'm pretty Dude. sure he was handling the the cup with the hand that yeah. had the nail in it yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, he's like yeah 
So, seven or eight years ago, I got, I was at work, and I got a giant splinter that went in under my thumbnail. Oh, all the dude, way. you talked about this before. That I know. shit gives me the heebie-jeebies. All the way up into my knuckle, ah, right? I've had it, and, and it's awful. And so, ah. all, all I knew is that it hurt at the end of my thumb, and my knuckle hurt. God, it hurts. And so, um. Dude, those stink so bad. So, I go to the, for one, the place that I was working, they would not allow me to go to urgent care. They were like, come by the what office. What place was this? I'm not going to say. Tell me who fucking was. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to say. Was it LBA? I'm not going to say. Fucking LBA. But, so they were like, come by the shop first, and we'll see We'll see if the owner's wife can can pull the, the nail out. Okay. The owner's wife? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or the, the splinter. I've been calling Mike Deepa Squirrely, so, and I don't know. She's trying to pull it out, and it won't come out. It's deeply in there. And she's like, all right, I guess you can go to urgent care, you know. And so look at her and be like, bitch, yeah, fuck you. So I go to urgent care and the lady at urgent care, um, she's like really short with me. She's no patience, no nothing. She's she's like, hold it up. She's like, you're here for a splinter. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's up into my knuckle. And she's like, I don't think so. And then, so they go and take like x-rays and sure enough, it's, it's, you know, like toothpick length long and goes all the way up into my knuckle. And, and she was like, we're not even touching that. You're going to go to a plastic surgeon for exploratory surgery. And I'm like, it's a fucking splinter. Pull it out. Somebody just, like, I would do it, but I can't. I, I need two hands, you know? Grab so, hold of that. Here, I brought my needle nose. <laughs> so now I'm on to my, so now I'm on to my third stop. I'm going to the plastic Are surgeon's you office. Yourself yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not bleeding, right? But still, it's, it, hurts. Like, it just hurts. Like it's, it hurts like a bit. Yeah. Like you're and stopping every quick trip. He's for, driving. Well, like so two I. little rumplements. So like, I stop at a quick trip and grab some food because I'm freaking hungry. I just spent like six hours at one place and now I got to go more, right? You're like, I'm starving. And, and this was like right when I first got on Facebook. So these were some of my first Facebook statuses <laughs> with, like a, with like a two megapixel cell phone and I've got pictures of it and everything. I love it. I love but, it, man. So we go to the final place and the lady's like, Are you sure it's in your knuckle? And I'm like, Find the x-rays. I'm sure they probably sent them over. Yes, it's it's into my knuckle. And I'm like, just pull it out. Well, I don't know if we can pull it. We might damage nerves pulling it. I'm like, if it damaged nerves, if damaged nerves are going on the way in, just pull it out. Yeah, get and it so out of me. Finally, I had to tell her. I'm like, cut down the side of my finger so you can actually grab onto it because there was nothing left to Did grab onto. Did they you up at least? No. She just and, cut down? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, cut down the side of my finger. Grab that bitch with pliers and pull. And she's like, I really don't think it's into the knuckle. She still hadn't seen the, the stuff yet. So she gets, she cuts down the side. Were you like yelling at her? Like, look, yeah, I've already seen it. I'm, God damn it. I'm just like, I've spent six hours here for a fucking splinter. Like, I'm just short tempered. Somebody just pull this bitch out, right? Get it out. He goes so, to a quick trip and tells the cashier, like, listen, can hey, you pull it out? Yeah. <laughs> so she cuts down the side. She gets these badass, like, surgical grade pliers and she starts pulling and my arm starts lifting up off the table. And, and so I'm like, yeah, it's in there. And so then she has another dot. Like, I'm trying to fight her, but it's kind of, tug of war is kind of weird. Because I don't know how much. Strength. Yeah. So well, you're like, just hold my arm. I don't know how hard you're pulling. And so it's kind of hard to match your force, right? Yeah. And so they had to bring another doctor in to basically pin my arm down to the table. Uh-huh. So that that way I'm not fighting against her and she could yeah. just work one directional. And so finally. Is this she, extremely painful? No, no, it really didn't hurt. Really? It was like touching a nerve. And so that it just like that hurt. Yeah. But anything else she did, like, didn't hurt. And so finally she gets a hold of it and she pulls it out. And the son of a bitch is this long. And I, like, literally, all I said was, I told you so. (laughs) You bitch. And and then (laughs) then she starts parading around the ER, like, holy cow, look at this thing that I just pulled out of this guy's thumb. And you see, you're looking at her like, 
Are you going to disinfect this? Or are you going to walk around no, talking she, about how bad ass She put in a little thing and let me take it home, you know? And I'm like, yeah, great. That's the last thing I want. I'd open This that, thing has cost me like eight hours. Dumped it out. Yeah. And then yeah. thrown that thing away and been like... I but I'll be damned that I made the sale on the job. So that job, I was... I was yeah, I was in a customer's home. And I had to move a book off of a bookshelf and lift up the bottom of a bookshelf because I was looking for a certain thing on the floor. And I felt like it was under this bookshelf. Sure as shit it was. I stayed on the job long enough to make the sale and then handle all that shit. Oh shit! So, but uh, ouch. Yeah, is this the longest podcast? This, that's this might been be about nothing? really fucking long. We've talked about a lot of stuff, just nothing in particular. So that's okay. Uh, I think these about, are more exchange. These are more entertaining. Than yeah, you're learning into the minds of Mitch and Dave, and why we're so different, and that's why we make such great hosts. Is because if we both have the same <laughs> opinions. Wow. Wow! If we both had the same opinions, this would be a really boring show because all we would be doing is echo chambering each other's thoughts. You know what? I love your ideas. I love your ideas. It's just the greatest day ever. Fuck that. That's no fun. That's good. Over the course of this podcast, you have Talking about EVs to talking about communism to bitch taking a pee break. Like, yeah, it's the most so, diverse podcast ever. If you guys like this show, most of these have a lot more business acumen to them. So if you guys like the show, tune in next week. We'll probably talk about something a little bit more important. If you're new to the show, then go back to episodes one through nine, where we give you the full blown blueprint for exactly how to start your service based business and see a decent amount of success right out of the gate. We talk about how I started my business and how we were debt-free in that business within the first three months of business. And then we grew to a very stable and healthy level soon after that. So until next week, guys, we will see you later. Bye.